Welcome to Top Brew, the show that is best served fresh. This is episode 70. I am Joe Darnell, your host, and joining me is the coffee roaster champion of Dallas, Georgia, Mr. Eric Rauch. Good afternoon, Joe. Good afternoon, Eric. 70. 70, I know. Episode 70. It's almost like a special occasion, but it's not. It's kind of a big number. When you get to 75, is that the silver anniversary, or is it the 50th that's the silver anniversary? I think 50th is gold, isn't it? Uh, I don't know. I haven't got to it yet, apparently. I don't know. What are you asking me for? Because, you are older. You're closer. <laughs> okay. You're at least closer to the 50th anniversary of your birthday. Yeah, that that is true. I'm I'm a little bit over the halfway mark. You're a little bit over the 80% mark? 80, 90, 90% mark? Gosh, I sure hope not. To 50, not to 100. Oh, oh. <laughs> like to the end. Like, sheesh. Thanks, Joe. Drink more coffee. <laughs> All right, that's the show, everyone. <laughs> Poor Eric. He's, he's got things yeah, to do. I came here in a good mood. He's got to get his effects in order. Man, <laughs> I have no time left. We uh, we are going to have a variety show this episode because there are four things that are in the queue. But before that, we are going to talk about some follow-up. So I got this from a listener, Patrick. He wanted to readdress the Stevia thing that we mentioned in the last episode. We were talking about Stevia because... It goes in some people's coffee, mm-hmm. doesn't go in mine, doesn't go in yours. Right. And the way I see it, all additives are the same. They ultimately become sugar or sugar substitutes. So you have your dairy products, you know, as you transform those fats in your system, they just become sugar, mm-hmm. right? And they're dairy. Yeah. But then you got your, you got your sugar, you got raw sugar, cane sugar, honey, et cetera, and so on. Right. They all just become one version of a calorie or another. And I misspoke because I don't know a lot about Stevia or uh, Truvia and other products like that. My mom, when I was growing up, she was using Sweet and Low. Oh, yeah. What, what, what did your family have? Um, Were you I, all using sugar? I think we had Sweet and Low around because, you know, that pink package is kind of is hard to miss. And then I think in the, I don't know, maybe the... The 80s or the 90s equal. Oh, it became right. like the new sweet and low, and you didn't you didn't see sweet and low nearly as much. It was all equal. The blue packets. The blue I packet, remember yeah. in the Shoney's restaurants, all the packets were yeah. white and pink, and then they became white, pink, and blue, and then eventually mostly white and blue, and then eventually things like stevia came along and they yeah. used yellow. Yeah, there's certainly lots of them. Yeah, as Patrick points out, you know, stevia is a natural. A naturally occurring thing. It's a naturally growing thing. Right. He was um, picking on me for calling it an artificial sweetener. Right. I mean, I would agree with you in the sense that stevia, just like just like sweet and low, just like equal, um, equal it it has it has that artificial flavor. It's not it's not nearly as bad as and as it some is of the other a ones. sugar substitute. It's not from the same kind right. of sweetening right. substance. Yeah. It's um, but like, so like it's it. not it's not artific- It's not technically artificial. Well, it's not at all artificial it is it is natural but it's it's still something just doesn't and and maybe it's just because i'm so used to sugar um just like like people that are that are so used to drinking diet coke when they drink a regular coke they say they say it it tastes weird um so it's all what you're used to but all of those sugar substitutes whether natural or, or artificial or otherwise um they just they just don't there's some there's something chemically there there's there's something something different about their flavor that that i just don't like yeah, it's the aftertaste. It is the first thing you notice. It's the way they smell. 
nothing really works. I am okay with any form of regular sugar, uh, whether it's enriched, uh, what you call processed yeah. or raw sugar. It's excellent. I like most forms of honey, but that's about it. Uh, noticed on the Wikipedia page, I had to look this up because part of me was still in disbelief. Just the name stevia doesn't sound like something yeah, you know, right. yeah. that's a natural product. So yeah. I had to look this up. It says the plant stevia Robodinia has been used for more than 1500 years by the Garunai peoples of South America. It sounds like people you'd run into in a Indiana Jones movie <laughs> who called it the Kaiahi, whatever, sweet herb. The leaves have been used traditionally for hundreds of years in both Brazil and Paraguay to sweeten local teas and medicines and as a sweet treat. The genus was named for Spanish botanist and physician Petrus Jacobus Stevus, who lived in the 16th century, a professor of botany at the University of Valencia. Yeah, the plant itself may have a perfectly fine flavor. It may be how it's refined and how it's processed into our little stevia packets that, that gives it that, that artificial flavor, at least to me. There are a few different forms of sweetener products made with stevia, Turvia being one of them that was brought up on the Wikipedia page. Apparently, there was some controversy about how it has been processed and whether or not it's healthy or not. You know, the Food and Drug Administration has had problems with it. Hmm. I know that the European Union has pro had problems with some forms of stevia sweeteners and others they have not had problems with. Okay. So it's a huge export now. It's very popular it's mainstream i'm not going to criticize it i understand it's used in coke products pepsi products and i i just i'm not interested <laughs> sugar has been working for me and i don't consume a lot of sugar right i don't usually consume soft drinks with a lot of sugar it's it just doesn't happen in my diet very often mm -hmm. when i have it it's a special occasion right and with my coffee the same thing i'm not getting frappuccinos or uh vanilla iced coffees with sweetener on a regular basis. So I don't really usually pay attention to my sugar intake. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm going to have something sweet, I go real, I go with the real thing. Yeah. You too. Yeah, me too. But you know, I, I guess we also have to be sensitive to the fact that there are people that are diabetic and everybody has their own dietary concerns. So um, absolutely. Thank you, Patrick, for pointing that out. Um, Cause we want to be factual, but we're always going to be opinionated and, and we just, we're going to, we're going to lump all these, these sugar substitutes into, into one big, into one big pot and say, you know, this is sugar and then this is everything else. Well, and when we were talking about it, we were talking about it in terms of how it tastes and what tastes uh, like what it has to add to coffee. Mm -hmm. I really wasn't thinking about it in terms of the health benefits sure, yeah. or the substance of the thing and how it was made. I was yeah. thinking about what it does for the flavor profile. It's okay, Joe, you, you'll be fine. You'll be all right. Yeah, I shall survive. Yeah. This one and many others. <laughs> Throw all your follow-up at me, people. Bring it on. Yeah. Okay, Joe's so got thick skin. He can take it. <laughs> I, I can't, but he can. <laughs> That's why we don't pass out your email address or your Twitter handle right. or your I'm, Facebook I'm address. I'm sensitive. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to talk about a few things I found in the headlines, Eric. Take your pick. We have four in the outline here. What, do you, what interests you? We've only talked about one of these recently, or should I, we haven't really talked about it recently, but on this show. You're the host, Joe. You, I need to, I follow your lead. You don't. Okay. Host it is then. Age before, beauty, no, the other way around. Beauty before age. No, it's the same. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So mosquitoes. Did you know, Eric, that there are people who believe that you can repel mosquitoes with coffee grounds? 
No, in fact, no. As, as I was reading over the outline, that was that was a new one to me. Yeah, and it doesn't sound like something far-fetched, really, because natural remedies often deter all kinds of pests. And it doesn't make sense to me because... Um, How is coffee grounds all that different from dirt? No, not in that sense. I guess because I tend to drink... Yeah, not me, I don't drink a lot of coffee, but I mean, there's, there's some days that I do, and it doesn't seem to cut down on the mosquito attraction that I that I seem to have since birth. I'm one of those people with... If I walk outside, every mosquito in the in the county is gonna gonna flock to me. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe maybe what they're talking about here is is it has to be um, that the grounds have to be like external. But but you would think that if you drink coffee, that it should have some sort of effect. But it doesn't seem to doesn't seem to have that effect. That's an interesting point. I know that carrot juice does act as a natural mosquito repellent. A lot of bugs don't. That's want a new to, one to me too. <laughs> uh, that. And I know it's true. I I had some old friends growing so up. So you drink it, or you you rub it on your skin. They would regularly juice carrots, and they would eat them. Uh, they would drink them on a just on a regular Wash basis, their hair like with them. <laughs> like people who have a regular cup of orange juice every day for the vitamin C. They would have a regular glass of carrot juice. Okay, now, now I've heard of people doing that, but I didn't know that 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 one of the side. And the benefits re- was mosquitoes. And the reason they were doing it was because they didn't want to waste money on the bug repellents that you could spray on. Yeah, and that and I, I do agree because I, I use it all summer long um, as a necessity, not not as a um, not as a want. But yeah, it's definitely it's not good. There's some that that I've sprayed on my skin that my skin was literally like burning. I, I can tell that if it's got like the right amount, you know, a certain amount of DEET in it, that it's just. It's uh, it's probably not good to be, to be uh, loading up on that stuff. So I, yeah, I would, I would, I would definitely welcome if I just had to drink carrot juice. So that would be good. What they ended up doing was drinking enough carrot juice over the course of a year that basically that no, their skin turned orange. Well, that no bug was interested in them. <laughs> I, I went over to their house and I'd be there, and I was getting ate by mosquitoes, and they would be outside in their shorts and t-shirts, and nothing, no bites. <laughs> it was amazing, and I, I, I don't think that their skin tone changed. <laughs> But maybe. They would all set up by eating a lot more celery to kind of balance out. (laughs) So coffee grounds deterring mosquitoes. If you read the article, which is available in the show notes, it says here uh, by Dan Nosowitz, he did the, the reporting for Modern Farmer. Basically, the coffee grounds only work when it's in the water where the larva is producing and growing. Oh, I see. Okay. The verdict is still out for whether or not it makes a difference if you just scatter coffee grounds in your yard. Is it the coffee or is it the caffeine? Because it's been thrown around for who knows how long that that the caffeine in the plant is a natural pesticide. Well, I, I bet you that's probably what it is. I read the article. I didn't catch any part. So you could dump coke in a, in a mosquito puddle and and get the same effect. Ah, uh, so Coca Cola as an insecticide. Well, well, the caffeine. Yeah, yeah, it works for me. Okay. But I think because coffee is stronger than Coke, coffee wins every time. Yeah, but I was just wondering, I mean, did the article make that distinction? Or was no, it, 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 it attributed it to all of its chemical to uh, the, you know, Just to the coffee in general. Yeah. Okay. And you got to remember, too, that, that we're talking about used coffee. We're not talking about dry coffee that hasn't been roasted or brewed. It's actually the stuff that is first used that has this effect on the mosquitoes. Oh, okay. So you could say... Wet used coffee has more of the effect, which means it has less caffeine than, say, the stuff that hasn't been brewed yet. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, a lot of people try to use ground coffee grounds for a, what do you call it? Um, Composting. 
sure, all the po more power to you. I know it does work. We have done some digging into that. Some people complain that the acidity of coffee will have a negative effect on some of your plants. So be careful what you use it for. Mm -hmm. It's not going to necessarily have the same benefits to all plants, but it's also a rich bean. So yeah. why not? And especially since you're already grinding it in Georgia, we have a lot of red clay, Eric, and it doesn't look pretty. If you go out to my yard, uh, I think that our property was where the construction crew dumped all of the rocks. <laughs> And then they just buried it with a very light amount of red Georgia clay. Okay. And over time, they eventually decided to actually build housing here. They put the house on this bed of rocks. And with a little bit of rain erosion, we're seeing all these rocks um, emerging from the grass. And we have more and more rocks and less and less grass. Okay. It wouldn't hurt if I just scattered the ground coffee grounds all over the ground to kind of fill in the places that just look like ugly Georgia soil. I'm not yeah, crazy about. I mean, really, what, I mean, what are you going to do otherwise? Just just put it in your trash can and throw it away. So, I mean, it's not it's not like it's a, you know, it's a bad alternative. No, not at all. Uh, I'm not going to be looking for any uh, standing water puddles in our woods. We actually have a small creek bed that's mostly standing water mm -hmm. most of the time. I'm not going to go out there and dump coffee grounds in it because I, I don't I don't have a way to get past the poison ivy to get to the water. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but we do have mosquitoes here like anywhere else you'll find in the state. And what I do is I, I just keep moving. Anytime I'm outside, if I'm doing yard work, I keep moving mm -hmm. to stay away from the bugs. And as long as you're walking, they don't seem to keep up with you. But that's not true in other parts of America. I remember a couple of times when doing work in other states, when you're out farther into the wild, that uh, I could be riding a bike and the horse flies would keep up with me and just to, to eat off of my flesh. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, that, that happens here too. It depends on different places where I ride. Um, I do mountain biking, so different different places that, that I ride. You'd be flying along and, and, and not being bothered, but then all of a sudden there's a mosquito in your ear and I'll swat it away thinking, okay, that's that's done. And then it's back, you know? So it, there are some uh, mosquitoes with skills, let's call them, that, that, can, that can follow you when you're moving, mm. even in Georgia. This episode is brought to you by Magic Coffee Truck the delicious source of coffee infusion confections on wheels. They've supported the show for several months, and this is the last time they're sponsoring for the time being. So be sure to check them out before you forget to take advantage of the special offer that they have for you. They're the makers of the best toffees and marshmallows, I kid you not, that I've ever had. But at the moment, they're concentrating on cold brew coffee infusions. Their awesome saucy beverage is made with unsullied, freshly ground craft coffee and filtered water. And if you want to spice it up, it's also available with cinnamon or cayenne pepper. They prepare cold brew on request, which means that your 16-ounce bottles are made fresh to order and shipped in chilled gel packs to preserve its freshness. It will keep in your refrigerator for up to four weeks, if it's not long gone in that time. And if you'd rather experiment with cold brew, or you need more than a single serving a 16-ounce bottle contains... The Magic Coffee Truck has you covered with their potent cold brew coffee concentrate. Just add water to prepare lots of cold brew for your company coming over this weekend. The magic that goes on in the truck laboratory is delicious to the last drop. Sharon, with her crew of woodland creatures, understands the idea that today's coffees, treats, syrups, and spices should be a highlight of your day. Shop for her handmade goods at magiccoffeetruck.etsy.com 
and use the discount code MAGIC2ME20 to get 20% off of your purchase. When you shop at Magic Coffee Truck, you're supporting Top Brew and bringing the world's best coffee infusions to your doorstep. Next thing I wanted to mention here, this is something we talked about a long time ago, and I think now that parents are sending their kids back to school, the parents' uh, sleep schedule routine has been thrown off and the children's has as well. So there's no time like the present to talk about caffeine and what we let children do, what we allow them to drink, because coffee obviously would be a great stimulant in the morning when kids are getting ready for school. Surely this idea has popped into the minds of many American households over the last couple of weeks while we were sending the kids back to school. You're getting up an hour or two earlier in the morning. Maybe the kids are tired. They don't want to sleep at night. Uh, Maybe you're tired beyond belief. Um, So, Eric, how old do your kids have to be before they drink coffee? We don't have any cultural artificial limits like that. Um, If... (laughs) If any of my kids want to, I mean, we're not going to sit there and give them their own, their own full cup, but, um, I mean, it's the same, it's the same with alcohol too. You know, if, if they, if they want to taste it, we let them taste it. Um, now we're not, again, you know, we're not going to sit there and let them have their own, their, their own glass of it, their own cup of it. But I mean, quite frankly, you know, we let children drink, uh, things that are far more damaging, um, i.e. soda that, you know, and, and not, and not give that a second thought when, you know, a cup of coffee is, I mean, it's. It's natural. Sure, there's there's more caffeine in it than there would be in the soda, but there's no, you know, there's none of the other stuff. There's no sugar. There's there's none of the other, the other um, chemical compounds that are in the soda. So, I, I mean, I don't I don't really I I don't want to call it hypocritical, but it's kind of hypocritical to to say that well you can't have you can't have coffee, kid. That'll stunt your growth. Here, drink this Coke. <laughs> I mean, that, that that to me doesn't make any sense. Well, what I think the concerned people are thinking about is overstimulation. They're thinking of its addictive qualities. And I honestly think that a lot of the addictive nature of coffee should be trumped up to the sugar, the additives that you put into the beverages. And when you get used to that intake, you don't want just the kick from the caffeine. You want the kick from this, uh, you know, this beverage that is giving you all the kicks. It's Mm -hmm. uh, putting on your adrenaline. It's uh, getting your dopamine into high gear. It, it, it's uh, satisfying your sweet tooth. And I, I don't drink coffee for those reasons anymore. Right. I used to when I was at the office, when I was just getting familiar with coffee, I'd have the kind that had sugar and cream. But once I figured out that coffee could taste good and I was drinking the coffee that did taste good, I didn't want those that had the additives. Yeah. And children are less inclined to enjoy a cup of coffee anyway, unless it has the sugar and the dairy, because that is what they mostly seem to be drawn to. I know most kids appreciate savory flavors less and they appreciate the sweet stuff more. Yeah. I, I I mean, I, I would say it's, it's, it's probably more of a, um, you know, a dessert versus vegetables kind of, kind of thing that, um, it's an acquired taste. I'm, I'm sure there are some kids who, that the first time you give them a cup of coffee, they love it and they want more of it. But for the most part, the kids that, that we've let have some of our coffee, they'll they'll drink it and then that's that. It's not like they wake up the next morning and like, oh man, I need a cup of coffee. I mean, I guess it could probably get to that point, but yeah, you know, it's like all things in life, you know, everything in moderation. Well, and this too, I'm thinking about hot teas. We give our children a lot of hot tea if they want some chamomile tea in the evening. Or iced tea, you know. Maybe a tablespoon of honey or something. And they they really enjoy it. Here in the South, you got to be wary of 
how much sweet tea you have because here in the south we just call it tea iced tea and it's yeah. already pretty sweet right we specify unsweet tea we assume that all tea is going to be sweet because we just call it tea we right. don't call it sweet tea it's, right. got, it's got the sugar in it for sure right, right here in the south but it's and this is really more of a concern for uh, america than the rest of the world i don't know if children of all ages are drinking coffee in europe and australia and in asia and africa but it is much more of a faux pas here than it is elsewhere, apparently. Yeah. These are reports that I've gathered over the years. And if anybody listening to our show overseas would like to write us and tell us, I would like to know from your experience, what are the kids drinking? How many kids do you know have grew up drinking coffee? Because yeah. here it's next to none of them. And it's because parents will really balk at the idea of letting the children have that much caffeine mm -hmm. and that much of a stimulant and, oh, it's really addictive. Yeah. And then I think they're also thinking about their own health. The parents aren't happy with how much coffee they're drinking because they're self-conscious of this. They, they have higher expectations for their children's health for a while. And so with this mixed message, they allow the children to have the sun kissed and they'll pass on the coffee. Yeah. It, it's messy because children don't, always want the coffee anyway because like i said maybe it's not sweet enough so they're naturally drawn to chocolates and i think with just age i remember talking to this one guy who was used to chocolate milk from school and because that was like the thing he had every day in school it was what he was addicted to well into his 40s yeah and it makes total sense to me because it's what his entire equilibrium was accustomed to it is the thing that gave him the sugar it, it, I mean, hey, chocolate milk, t it does taste good Yeah, in an American sort of way. But it's also a psychological addiction beyond the, the physical addiction. I think that's true about a lot of the addictions yeah. is that they, 50% or more of the addiction is psychological. Yeah. You can get addicted to the silliest, strangest things. Right. Anyway, in the article, if you want to check it out, it's on the Daily Meal. It's written by uh, Hannah Hoskins. I just think that it's an interesting debate for Americans because I don't necessarily want to introduce coffee to any particular child. I'm not put, trying to push over coffee on my kids now that they're back in school. Yeah. But thought has occurred to me when the kids ask me, hey, daddy, what are you drinking? And I say, well, I have my coffee cup here. They, and they ask, well, uh, can, can I have some? I think about it. I'm like, do I, as a responsible parent, let them have some of my coffee? Or do I say, no, go get something else? Or ask yourself the question, why? Is it, is it just for cultural reasons that, you know, because, because I grew up and my parents said, no, coffee will stunt your growth. Um, uh, or is it for, for other, uh, or do you even have a reason? Is it, is it just because, well, you can't drink coffee. You, that's a, that's an adult beverage. Uh, well, yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> Here in the article by Hannah, it also says there have been claims that when kids drink coffee, it interferes with their calcium absorption and consequentially affects their proper growth. However, there is little evidence to support this, especially since in many Scandinavian countries, kids start drinking coffee at a very young age, and they seem to grow up to be perfectly healthy and often very tall. Mm. In America, the norm is generally understood to be that kids over the age of 12 are allowed to have coffee and they get into it. They get their feet wet, maybe when they're studying late one night or they're at a party, and they start drinking coffee just to uh, burn the midnight oil. And then eventually they get addicted to the substance later on. Uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> but it's, it's, not, it's not worrying me much. No. And if any of my kids ask for a cup of coffee next time, I will report back to you and let you know how that turned out.
Yeah, and if they ask you for a cup of coffee, just give them a little bit. It's not like you need to fill a, a tall mug up for them and say, here. Like we've often talked about, you get inconsistent results that the things you consume are not always going to affect you the same way on a consistent basis right. over time. Right. So caffeine hasn't always had the same effect on me year in and year out. And it's sometimes that it seems to help me with my concentration and energy levels that sometimes it gives me restless sleep, but then other times it doesn't do those things. Mm -hmm. And I know people who complain about the abnormalities that it can cause to their, to their health. And I, I think that they need to look into the research again, well, because yeah, it's not, the, life isn't just one thing. Well, for many years, it was popular to believe that coffee was essentially bad for you, just like everything else, including cigarettes and guns mm -hmm. and sugar. If somebody's gaining enjoyment from it somewhere, then it must be bad. Yes, definitely. That's, that's the general American paradigm. We're just waiting until it becomes politically incorrect right. to have this podcast and we're shut down. Right, right. Well, on that note, Eric, uh, I think that's going to be a wrap. We have a lot we discussed today in a rapid pace. Rapid fire. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for joining us for episode 70 of Top Brew. Show notes with links to everything we discussed are at topbrew.fm slash 70. Follow at Top Brew FM on Twitter or myself. I am JCS Darnell on Twitter. Remember to check out our sponsor, Magic Coffee Truck, because they're rocking it. And I'm sure you'll enjoy their flair. Get some made from scratch, awesome sauce, cold brew, and use the discount code magic to me 20 to get 20% off of your order. I am Joe Darnell. Thanks for listening to Top Brew. <laughs>